With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Praise the Lord. This is the day that the Lord has laid out. I will rejoice and be glad in it. It is our, usually our urban glory night live, but you know I've been kind of revamping our study, and I would normally this week have been on a three-part the Lord kind of uh, redirected me on some things. And so with that being said, I want to get into a one-part lesson today, which I normally don't do. And it's really something that the Lord has placed on my heart today. And I want to make certain that we give um, access to um, the Lord to truly... Uh, help us and assist us, amen. So I'm just going to trust the Lord. Amen. And we're going to use some supplemental. Yeah. We're going to um, heed to some wisdom. Some of this is going to be a review. But, um,. You know, I'll, I'll give a summary of, of what this, this does. And every once in a while, when I can't, um, in, in a particular series, highlight everything that I want to, I will often um, take supplemental lessons to kind of help us function in a, in a different grace and life. Amen? So, but I, I, just, I just believe God to help us tonight. Amen. I'm excited. And when the Lord stretches me, um, hey, thank you, Jesus. Uh, we just have to try. Not, no, no, we, no, I'm sorry. We don't have to try. When the Lord stretches me, we just have to go with what we know the Lord is doing and trust him. The Lord will never put us out to shame or never... Um, never um, take us to a place that he will not provide for us. Amen? And um, I want to share from my heart tonight a one-part lesson that I think is going to help us uh, go further in God. All right, let's pray. Father, in obedience to what you have purposed and passion in my heart and provoked um, despite my plans and and pursuits, I thank you, Lord, for you showing me uh, the path of righteousness and the path of light. And because of the light of your word, we are confident in the Holy Spirit to assist us tonight to communicate your precious truths in all authority and wisdom. We say, have your way. We thank you, thank you, and thank you again for your countless uh, consideration to providing a forward plan.
plan, a progressive plan uh, for the next day, the day of the Lord, the dispensation of our God. And for that, we thank you and praise you. That as time presses forward, the more we pursue after you, the better your plan is. And because your plan is working and effectual, we are delighted in your truth. And we give you praise, honor, and glory in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. Amen, amen, and amen. All right. The Lord gave me a word in in last November, and and that it was going to be this year a particular year of triumph. And He said, "I need you to teach on triumph. I need you to preach." And He said, "Yeah, I gave you a teaching several years ago on the subject of the overcoming way. That there's a prescribed methodology." Prescribed, prescribed mentality that we must embrace to seize the opportunities at hand. But triumph is the manner in which we display our victory while we're achieving our victory. You know, it's like that you are more than conquerors to Christ. Not only complex, but it's the reality or culture <clears throat> of a more than conquering state uh, where we we see through the constant <clears throat> victories that we achieve God's hand revealing a bigger picture, a bigger process, and a bigger plan. <clears throat> well, even back when I look back further to um, to studying and looking at what God, I will never forget, maybe about 10 or 15 years ago when I started doing, um, when the Lord began to transform my teaching, it would go from just a, um, a uh, you know, sermon prep where you just pray, ask God what he's giving you, and, and uh, um, which I've never done in a, in a very long time. I wouldn't even know how to do that anymore. <laughs> because I found out that God will involve himself in the process and show you a picture that it could take you years to uh, organize into a pathology for the church. And so in, in when God first began to show me that uh, another method of teaching, um, he, would, he would make statements to charge my thinking. Um, one of the things was that I would see true colors. You know, uh, we would reign as kings. I think it was in 2014 or something like that. And then, and then throughout that that particular year, as I found myself teaching, I would find that theme would always find a place in the in the in the pathology of my teaching and my platform and my pulpit. And so, I I I discovered that God will give you a plan that will take you well beyond a message to a whole commentary on, on messages throughout the, throughout the year. And that will, and, um, then in essence, you will be working backwards to kind of break down the picture that you have while you're going forward with the people that are receiving it 
um, a little by a little. So I know that there's three dynamics to triumph, and that is that we're going to have to learn how to transform, we're going to have to learn how to transfigure, and we're going to have to learn how to transition. And, And one of the things that we are in right now in this season that I found out is that we really have to transform. We have to really transform our thinking. We have to transform our culture or our communication, our conscience, and our character. Do you hear what I'm saying? And we have to transform the way we, we do church. And that's why we have messages like think like a Christian. And that's why we have uh, messages like handling conflict God's way. Because until our complex, our thinking changes, our reality won't change. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is you are what you think. And so there, there has to be uh, um, a transformation that takes place within the mind for you to experience. And one of the greatest transformations that really should show us that there's a greater way is our salvation. But many times because we have, we have subjugated ourselves to religious dogma that discredits the integrity of searching the scriptures to see whether they be so for ourselves, we, we, we find ourselves not really uh, taking a complete, um, all the complete components that makes our Christianity secure. And so you have people that settle for a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof because they're not acquainted with the power and the promises and the presence of the Holy Spirit. And so... One one of the things that we have to do when we transform five things that we got to do is first acknowledge the need for more. We have to acknowledge the need for more. Saying, look, where I'm at is just not enough. It's just not enough. I mean, as much as we, and, and when you just take a time to to meditate on, on the word and give yourself wholly to it, you will find out that what, what is expected of you to produce as a result of the Holy Spirit within you doesn't match to what you see going on from day to day. And it's not, and that's what God is looking at. I think about the miracle of the man where Jesus, the only time in Scripture that Jesus lays hands on a person twice. He lays hands on the man and asks the man afterwards, what do you see? He says, I see men like trees. And then Jesus lays hands on him again, the only time in Scripture that he ever lays hands on somebody more than once. And he says, now, what do you see now? And he began to see. What was that? That was a test of integrity, that until you acknowledge the need for more, you won't get more. There's more to your salvation. There's more to your sanctification. There's more to you separating your life and heart to God. Not only that, we have to avoid the, 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 the religious tendency to harden our heart because a lot of the reasons why we go through some of the things that we go through is because we have not sanctified the Lord in our heart. And we have not guarded our heart. So we got to avoid what it's a religious tendency to fake it till we make it, 
to act like we're okay when we're not, to just rather say God is good all the time, all the time God is good. And, and all these religious kinesthetics that we do, um, then, the, then instead of avoiding them, we embrace them. And then God is like, I don't even know if you're honest. I don't even know where you are. Because you have not acknowledged that you need more, and you haven't avoided religious tendencies. But listen, that's not only that, because some people, they're good at saying, you know, I don't want to be religious. <laughs> Church ain't for me. You know, and they, 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 t- they um, disguise themselves behind the fences and a, a, a defense of, of, of you're not going to hurt me to really, uh, to really advance in life. So the third step is to advance in the knowledge of the scriptures. Because you have to, if, if you say you believe God and you're a Christian, you need to study and know the word for yourself. Okay? Now, the question tonight and the subject of, the, of tonight's lesson is the transformation zone. Where is this place? Now, I'm going to show, share with you in the end where the place is. But we want to answer before we get there how to renew the mind for triumph. Okay? Simple lesson. And we want to make certain that we acknowledge the need for more, avoid the religious tendencies to harden our heart and advance in the knowledge of the scriptures. Now, listen. All of that is good. You can get a head knowledge of the Word of God, but you've got to be acquainted with power. The only way you're going to be acquainted with the power of God is when you learn how to speak like he t- speaks, talk like he talks, walk like he walks, think like he thinks. And you know where, that's, where that, that is created? It is created in a place of prayer. Your prayer life is the place where you learn how to articulate, you learn how to believe, and you learn how to confess God's word. It is your prayer life that empowers, or it is your prayer that empowers your life. So you awaken the deeper realms in prayer so that you can accept, simply, the reality that cannot be denied. And this is, this is, this is the presence of God. You hear what I'm saying? These are the components would help us transform our way of going about life and it's the transformation zone, how to renew the mind for triumph. The Bible says to us simply in Philippians chapter 2, let this mind be in you which is also in Christ Jesus. Now listen, the mind of Christ is absolutely essential because there are things that Christ does Christ is not Jesus' last name. It is really the acknowledgement of our relationship with the Holy Spirit when we allow Jesus to be Lord over our lives. When he's Lord over our life, he's ruler, controller, and sustainer. And in that, we find that Christ has, one, made us free from the law of sin and death. That Christ, number two, makes us connect with God and makes our connection with God possible. Three, Christ's mind is given to us to learn how to think and command our circumstances to change. And fourthly, Christ makes the love of God a reality. 
and in victory, Christ Christ made us able to reflect over and above and beyond um, what we could do in our natural senses. Christ in us, the hope of glory, the hope of reflecting the image that we carry within. That's what that's all about. Y'all get what we're saying. God gave me two points in this lesson, two thought provokers. Number one was that our place of transformation awakens from a resolve to obey the plan, purposes, and paths that God has provided through Christ. And that's what that's what the enemy don't want you to know, that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. It is your relationship with Christ that shows you the mystery of God's will, which is Christ is the way. He is the way, right? Number two, he is the truth. That if you really want to know what God wants you to know, you got to come into a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit who will provide a way of escape, a way of escape from the world, from wickedness, and from uh, uh, uh uh, worldly lust. Do you get what I'm saying? Wicked ways, worldly lust, and from the ways of the world. Do you get what I'm saying? That's even because Christ is the way. He provides it. The Bible says the natural man receiveth not the things of God, neither can he know them because they are spiritually desired. Amen? So this is what's taking place. Christ as the way, and Christ as the truth, and then Christ as the life. In other words, that your relationship with the Holy Spirit is ultimately what's going to provide you a, a quality of life which unveils the will of God or the plans, the purposes, and pursuits that God has passed, that God has provided through Christ. That, that means Jesus, this, that means you must have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Romans 8 uh, suggests to us a, a great a great teaching. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. For the law could not do, and that it was weak through the flesh, God sinning, his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Do you hear the scripture for they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the, of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And that's why we need to understand why the renewal or how to renew the mindset for triumph. You can't, The triumph is you attaining victory. You're getting victory over the things of the world. Do you get what I'm saying? Because the carnal mind is against God, enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are of the flesh cannot please God. God already understands this. But ye are not of the flesh, but 
But in the spirit, if he so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, y'all see how they, they change the word, interchange the word Christ with spirit? They have the spirit of Christ. He is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. So part of renewing the mind here is our resolve to our resolve to obey. And that's really what righteousness is. We know that we can achieve God's plan in our own efforts and ability. He assists us with our relationship with the Holy Spirit. And it is the Holy Spirit that enables us to live the life that God wants us to live. Now, it is the, what we have to have is a resolve. And the only thing that will awaken a resolve is a willingness to obey. And that takes me to the second point. Our willingness to obey God opens the door to access the potential and power for his assistance to expedite us to progress. Do y'all get what I'm saying? This is the transformational zone, how to renew the mind. You got to avoid, you got to, you got to do something. Got to place in that word, acknowledge the need for more. Uh, uh, avoid the tendency of, to be religious. Advance in the knowledge of the scriptures. Awaken to depth in prayer and accept God's reality as final authority. Do you get what I'm saying? And that will, that will cause that, re, that process to be revealed because it's revealing that the power of the Holy Spirit is absolutely essential to you living out the life which God has prescribed for you to live. And it reveals that Christ is superior. He's, he's Lord. If he's not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. So you must accept Christ as the way, the way against the world, the way against wickedness, and the way against worldly lust or things that will prevent you from connecting to God's spirit. And then you have to see Christ as the truth, as the one who, if you continue in God's word, you will become self-disciplined, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. You hear what I'm saying? But then you also have to see Christ as the life, as we're reading in Romans 8. The only one I'm saying, back to Romans 8. It's, it's a powerful scripture. But ye are not, uh, let's go, but it says, verse 11. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he that raised up, up Christ from the dead shall also make alive or quicken your mortal body his, by his spirit which dwelleth in you. How does God make us alive? How does he do it? He transforms us into the image of his son. Do you know what I'm saying? It's the transformation zone. And the transformation zone is provoked in our mind first, in our mind, in our mind. Do you know what I'm saying? Now, a lot of times we don't really take time to really investigate what it means to have uh, a word, a word for word from God, and a relationship, uh, a revelation of God, and a word uh, relationship with God, and those are the things that we need to make certain that we secure. I secure our relationship with God and our revelation from God. Do you get what I'm saying? Amen, 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 and amen. Verse thirteen: For if we live after the flesh, he shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. 
Now, I want you to understand that triumph suggests to you not only to overcome, but to, to be an overcomer. And one of the things he told me, triumph, you know, back in the day, it was used commonly for uh, uh, life after death. And so you would see a lot of times, uh, uh, especially in religious sectors, where someone would often say this person was triumphant, especially if they went through a, a battle of sickness or something, they were try- and, they, and they resolved to their salvation and faith in God despite uh, the struggle that they had in their flesh through death, they were triumphant. Someone that achieved a glorious battle, victory in a battle, they were considered triumphant. And yes, they are triumphant, but they are triumphant in death. But God wants us to be triumphant in life, in our life, and in our life of the Spirit. And so one of the things that he showed me in this revelation that he gave me last year was that there would be a changing of the God. There would be transitions that would take, be taking place all types. Some are physical transitions from life to death, but also spiritual transitions from from areas where God will put people in proper alignment because of his will and prophetically show us things to come so that we can we can um we can prophecy teaches us the voice of God. Teach us to be sensitive to the voice of God, to know the voice of God. Come through the word of God. But it is it is the presence of the Holy Spirit that unveils the power of God. And the power of God is set to be attained so that we can perform the will of God. The will of God manifests the will of God. Amen. You do what I'm saying? And so that's why it's important you take note what you're doing and why you're doing it. And that's what the transformational zone uh, does. We, we say renew the mind, but how does one renew the, the mind? How does one renew the mind? And we, 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 we have so much churchology that we don't, we don't really take time to search the scriptures and define exactly how to renew the mind. For if he lived after the flesh, he shall die. But if through the spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. So you got to kill whatever is preventing you from being spiritual. Point blank. No longer conform to the ways of the world, but be you what? Transformed. Go to the transformational zone by the renewing of the mind. You hear what I'm saying? So that, that is what that process reveals. If ye mortify, if you put to death the deeds of the body, ye shall live. For as many are led by the Spirit of God, they are, son by the, they are the sons of God. So in other words, when you drive yourself to be completely spiritual, 2 Corinthians 2.14 says that the natural man receiveth not the things of God, neither can he know them. You can't even know them. Because they're spiritually designed. Do you hear the scriptures tonight? Do you hear what the word is saying? I'm, I'm going over this, and some of this is repetitive, because we as the body of Christ must begin to take into deep consideration, consider how we've been taught. To live is Christ, the Bible says. To live is Christ. And that's the part that we need to emphasize today, because we have not taken time taking time to consider our claims of faith. And the reason why is because we don't have confidence in what we believe. The reason why many people don't have many confidences is what they believe because they don't have a credible basis to 
as to why they're doing what they're doing. How do we renew our mind? Number one, we repent. We repent. We simply ask God to forgive us. Ask God to help us change our thinking so that our actions, beliefs, and convictions will align back again to his will. We put to death our fleshly ambitions. We put to death our fleshly uh, lust and our passions. We put to death um, the lust of the eye, the, the pride of life, and the lust of the flesh. Do you get what I'm saying? This is all lust. And you got you to gotta ask yourself, when you're talking about transforming into the nature uh, or reflecting the image of the, that you carry within, we're saying renew your mind, change your thinking, but you've got to ask yourself, what would Jesus do and how Jesus do it? But more importantly, why did he do it and why is he asking me to do the same? You get what I'm saying? Amen. And so this is a practical application. We must, number one, repent. We must repent. Secondly, we must rededicate ourselves to real devotion. You can't have, you can't have, um, have job God. You get what I'm saying? Give him half effort. Be lazy. You know, especially y'all y'all in church who get away with highway robbery, having a form of godliness, knowing when to say praise the Lord. You know, thank you Jesus. God is good all the time. All the time, God is good. Stop all that foolishness. You got to rededicate yourself to really being totally submitted to the will of God. That's what you mean to be devotional. A devotional is submitted to God's system. You get what I'm saying? A system to where you can communicate to God clearly, to where you can uh, concentrate on things through meditation. And the way you concentrate on things through meditation is by giving God some time every day to find out what he will want you to do and how he will want you to do it. That's really, you got to devote yourself to God. You got to be devoted. I don't care what age you are, from a young person to an old person. If you claim faith, if you claim salvation, if you claim to love God, and you don't take time to know his word, your love is a lie. You need to study God's word. You need to stay in the book. You need to stay consistent, uh, stay consistent and sensitive so that the presence of the Holy Spirit can place emphasis on things in your life to draw out his passion, purposes, and potentials which he's locked through it. Within his power And when the presence of God Is reverencing your life By being a person who changes Repents and asks God to forgive them But also rededicated To your devotion Then you can see the importance of Thirdly reliance on your Association with Christ And his church Christ is the spirit And you need to, you need to be dedicated to a church That gives way and credence To the power of the Holy Spirit you can't expect life in a dead situation. Jesus did not expect life in a dead situation. Just like he said to Ezekiel, the prophesied to those bones, speak life to it. Life begets life. So you got to command the sinews and the skin to come back on the bones and the joints and the marrow, meat to the bones. Do you get what I'm saying? Life in Ezekiel 37, I'm referring to the prophecy of Ezekiel 
when he looked at the state of Israel and found out they needed to be born again or they needed to be revived, it was going to be as a result of prophesying to those bones. And what I'm telling you in your life, you do our rededication and our reverence of our association to Christ and his church. It is a revival that takes place within our souls. That's what causes reverence to take place. You see the life process being regenerated from generation to generation. You see the life process being empowered through the presence of a corporate anointing. You see the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit being engineered and, and causing the equipping of the saints, the work of the ministry and the edification of the body. You see this in the church that resolves to be spirit-led and not fleshly-led. And you know how you know a church is driven by the spirit? They're, by their priority, they're placing a priority on the emphasis of placing authority in prayer, prayer amongst the leadership, prayer amongst the platform, and purity in the preaching of the gospel. Do you get what I'm saying? Reverence to the association with Christ in this church and renewal to our loyalty to sanctification and its process, saying, listen, I'm not going to let anything stop me from achieving and doing what God wants me to do. That's what I mean, because sometimes we don't want to do that no more. We want to be so seeker-friendly that we, we make no sense spiritually. The Bible says that the preaching of the cross is foolish to them that are perishing. So, you don't, listen, you don't, you don't try to convince yourself to be, uh, you know, socially acceptable in the world. Come out from among them and be separate and touch not the unclean thing. Renew, resolve to renew your loyalty to sanctification. You know, I remember we got to a point when we were teaching in the body of Christ that we was telling people year back in the day we were so sensitive, we didn't want to, we, we made it all exterior. And because we did, we told people, you know, God don't have to tell you what to put clothes on and, and how to dress. He gave you his mind so that you can make the decision for yourself. But some of us have been so independent from God really having access to our life to the point that he said, wait, don't do, don't wear that today that we won't, we, because we are so spiritless and so, and so sensual versus spiritual. Some of us need to renew our sanctification so we can say, God, what do you want me to wear today? Am I going, which way do you want me to go? Do you want me to go a different way than the way I normally go? And, and that type of sensitivity is required if you want the process to be transformed to the likeness of his son, you got to be obedient. And that obedience got to be able to endure some hard things. The Bible says for the joy that was set before Jesus, he endured the cross and he despised the shame. Do you get what I'm saying? This is the transformation zone. The transformation zone is how we understand how we renew our mind. How, why this renewing of the mind? We just say no longer conform to the ways of the world. Yes, but how do you do that? These are the ways. You change, you repent. Ask the Lord to forgive you. You rededicate yourselves to being a disciple through devotion. You reverence the association to Christ in his church. You, re, you renew your loyalty to sanctification, and you rely upon the Holy Spirit to help you. That's fifthly. Do y'all get what I'm saying? That's how you renew your mind. Now, the reason why this is being done is because 
is given to you to know some things that are not easily perceived in the flesh. And, and, and learning the life of Christ and letting Christ's mind be in you and, and, and listening to the voice of Christ and loving like Christ and living out the, the faith of Christ will, will, will only be available when you relinquish your rights to the, to the role, the relationship, and the relevance and the reverence of the Holy Spirit. And I'm telling you today, we need a spirit-filled church. Do you hear what I'm saying? We need a spirit-filled church that is saturated, that is, that is set apart in just being one with the Holy Spirit. Now, uh, now listen, the Lord was telling me it was given to you to us to know, and then he took me back to Roman, uh, to uh, Psalm 91. Just, um, and I've gone through a lot of scriptures, and I'm giving you a lot of information, believe it or not. Um, but I just wanted to spell out clearly something. Let's go to um, Psalm 91. Now listen. These scriptures are old. They've been preserved for thousands of years. And some people have seen the benefit of living it out. I pray you're one of them. In the name of the Lord Jesus. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in him will I trust. Listen, it is something, how do we do the not mind for triumph? You got to be set on achieving access to the secret place. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High will abide under the shadow of the Almighty. In other words, you. In other words, you. You will make your home. You will make your reality where the Lord is. That's what we're talking about. That's what we're talking about. Being set to be spiritual, completely, twenty-four hours a day, seven days a week, three hundred and sixty-five days a year. We're talking about having so much reverence, reliance and such a strong relationship with God that nothing will separate you from the love of God in Christ, which has been shared and brought in your heart through the Holy Ghost. You hear what I'm saying? And one of the things I was learning today, and I told the, uh, one of um, the children that I'm in their lives, I said, we have lost the value of being trusted of God because we don't value Having having a reputation that is pure before God, having a name that cannot be denied. You know why we accept Jesus Christ as Lord and if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and that God raised Him from the dead, is so we can learn to value the name of Jesus. It is the credibility of that name that causes the forces of reputation reconciliation, redemption, and righteousness to be imputed to you. Y'all know what imputed means? Imputed means to be counted as if you, you, you caused this to be 
a standard for your reality because of who you are. In other words, it's an, it's an inserted identity just because of who you are. You might not have earned it, but you're entitled to it. So listen, Christ's name reputation, which releases you to righteousness, redemption, regeneration, renewal, uh, restoration, all reconciliation with man and God, all of that has been imputed to you through his name. Christ's reputation. And the reason why we can, because of he trusted God, we can trust God. And people should be able to trust us. If any value you could ever give to your children is to learn to be trustworthy. That people can think of their name and say, I can trust them. I can trust them. And so my question to you is, can God trust you? with the truth of his word? Can he trust you with the changes that he brings for you to be transformed by? Can he trust you to be a person who partakes from the secret place? Can he trust you? See, our reflection on the image that we carry within that relies upon the Holy Spirit help should resolve us to be the best so that we can get the best. And the best is God's God, having access to God, having access to God, having access to God's plan, and then emulating and imitating, being imitators of God as children, as dear children. Do y'all get the lesson tonight? How do we renew the mind? It's a transformational zone. It's the secret place of the Most High. Now, let's go to Romans 12. We close this up. course, back to Romans 8, actually, before we go to 12. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but have received the spirit of adoption where we require, Abba, Father, the spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs of God and heirs of, and join heirs with Christ. If so, we have suffered with him that we may be glor- also glorified together. For I reckon that the suffering of this present world on the present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God, for the creature made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who has subjugated the same in hope, because the creature itself shall also be delivered. I wish I could translate that to y'all so you can get excited like I am. Uh, uh, bondage corruption into a glorious liberty of the children of God. For you know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth and pain together until now, until now. Why? You've received the revelation of of getting into the transformational zone. A place of, of, of transformation awakens our resolve to obey and our willingness to obey God opens the door of access to the potential of the power that he has to assist us to expedite us to progress. And that's what we've been saying. But we know that the whole until now, and not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even ourselves, grown within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our bodies. For we are saved by hope, but hope that is not seen, hope for what is not seen, I'm sorry, let me read that again, verse 24. For we are saved by hope, 
but hope that is seen is not hope. For what man, what a man seeth, why does he hope yet hope for? But if we hope for that which we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. Likewise, the Spirit helpeth our infirmities, when we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself makes an intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because it makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. For we know that all things work together for the good of them that love God and are called according to his purpose. Now let's go to chapter 12. And it's clear. It says, and this is a good way to end this lesson. The transformation zone revealed. It says, Beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. This is all about the will of God. For I say to the grace of God given unto me, that every man among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. For we as many members in one body, all members have not the same office. So we being many are are one body in Christ, and every member one another, having gifts differing according to the grace that is given us, whether it be prophecy according to the proportion, let us prophesy according to the proportion of our faith, or ministry, let us wait on our ministry, or teaching, let us, uh, on, or he that teacheth on teaching, or he that exhorteth on exhortation, he that is given uh, to do, sim- do it with simplicity, he that ruleth with diligence, he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness, let love be without dissimulation, offer that which is evil, cleave to that which is good, be kindly affectionate toward one another with brotherly love, and honor in honor preferring one another, not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Amen. So it is our serving of the Lord and our willingness and our place of resolve that causes transformation to be revealed. And it is a challenge for us to not to avoid these these things that we do to prevent God from really being God in our lives that will change us. It will change us because God wants to take us to a place. Where can I take you in the scripture to show you what the power of transformation does? Well, we can go to the Mount of Transfiguration where the, the disciples along with Jesus was able, based on for them being dedicated to prayer, was open to an open heaven to where they would see Moses and Elijah come to the mount to meet with Jesus. Jesus would be exalted, but they would miss out on that opportunity because they were so used to being fleshy and did not have the discipline to pray, pray for an hour. They fell asleep in the moment. They tried to make sanctuaries in their minds. They tried to resolve to religion in their mind. But they were capped because God did not have full access to transform himself before them so they could see the greatness of his plan through Jesus Christ. I wonder what you'll do at that mountain. I just believe we're coming in the days where God's going to unveil the mountain of transfiguration again. And I pray you don't lose that zone because you know the importance of how to renew the mind for total victory. A total triumph. Let's pray.
God, we just don't want to know you externally, but internally. Our soul thirsted for water in a dry and weary land. God, in our pursuit to know you, we thank you for the reverence and the power of the Holy Spirit that enables us to connect to your plans so that we can learn the person of Jesus and then emulate and imitate and evolve in our relationship with him so much so that when they say our name, they'll see Jesus. Help us in the day of evil to stand and be the light to the world, the catalyst the, the, the catalyst of change, the place on the top of the mountain called Zion where we cannot be hid. Help us know who we are and rely on your spirit to help us be who you've called us to be. Help us, Lord. Have mercy on us, Lord. Have your way in our lives. And we praise you that despite of what we see, and despite of the things we trust you, God, because you've taken us to the place where you are, where we can dwell in your place. Because we have made the Lord our habitation, we will not fear. We will not miss out on these opportunities. Thank you for making us sensitive to the hour in which we live. Triumphant in the clarion call of making a reality in our souls, and our soul says, yes, Lord to your will and to your ways. Father, we thank you in advance, and we praise you and we magnify your name because we will not go through religious catastrophes. We will not rely on essential things and passions to prevent the relationship that will, that will enlighten us to a greater day and a greater time through your spirit. Thank you for your help. We praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Glory to God. Well, I'm going to be back on next week teaching the Word of God. Matter of fact, I'll be back on Sunday morning in the Word. Amen. And so I'll be at the end of this week or the first of next week, whichever one you decide to call it. But we'll be definitely be back. Thank you for listening to the broadcast. God bless you. And have a wonderful, Lord, a wonderful weekend. God bless you tonight. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.